This is the NBL Show. Play NBL Fantasy for free. You could win $5,000 plus daily prizes at nbl.com.au slash fantasy. Uh, very good evening and welcome to another edition of the NBL Show in our sexy new time slot of 9pm uh, on a Monday night. Wonderful to have your company. Simon Brookhouse, the CEO of the Tassie Jack Jumpers, is uh, going to join us in just a moment. There is a game going on uh, at the minute, uh, about to go in the last quarter in Brisbane. Bullets 59, Melbourne United 74. Bullets just need to pretty much win every game uh, if they are to make finals uh, where they sit. And we'll go through that uh, in just a moment too throughout the course of the show. But Melbourne United continuing on their winning ways, uh, nicely positioned at the top uh, of the NBL table. And there is a big story tonight about uh, the Perth Wildcats and a massive injury for them that we'll get to uh, in just a moment. But let me welcome in the star of the show. He's an NBL champion in his own right. Peter Hawley, hello to you. Sammy, we're getting to the business end. A lot happening. Uh, Certainly is a lot happening and a lot to get through. Uh, We will talk about the big news of the day and it involves Bryce Cotton Mm. uh, in just a moment. So don't go anywhere because that uh, has certainly ramifications on the way in which Perth can finish out uh, the year and maybe even into finals. So don't go anywhere. We've got uh, an update for you very shortly there. Heaps more to talk about as well. But uh, one of the most exciting things uh, that is on the horizon for the NBL, Pete Hooley, is the Tassie Jack Jumpers who are coming into the competition next year. We've got a little taste of the taste that there is or the appetite that there is for basketball with New Zealand Breakers spending uh, about five or six games mm. down in, in Tassie. Uh, got a great response down there and, and they were, got a great reception. But there's some big announcements today for the Tassie Jack Jumpers. Their CEO, Simon Brookhouse, has been good enough to jump on the line. Hello, Simon. G'day, gents. How are you? Really well, thank you. So, big announcement today with the, with the corporate spa, a partnership. Let's start there. Yeah, fantastic announcement for us today with our first principal partner being signed in Spirit of Tasmania. So, we're extremely happy about it. A great brand to, to partner with and really sort of symbolic of what we're trying to achieve down here in terms of being a, you know, a truly Tasmanian team. Well, how do you feel like the buzz has continued to grow? And I mean, we're getting close to NBL 21 winding up with finals, and then there's only uh, probably a couple months, and we're straight back into it with the Jack Jumpers on board. It feels like the buzz is just growing in Tassie. Yeah, it really is. I think it started, you know, with the announcement, and the branding, and and just the launch of what is it, the Jack Jumpers, and then subsequent to that, obviously we've had some, you know, New Zealand games down here. We've had our foundation memberships reach over three thousand, and. Uh, it's sort of, you know, it's on the tip of everyone's tongue down here, which is really, really exciting. And the, the media have been fantastic and the government support's really, really good. So we're, you know, we're really comfortable that we're in a position that uh, we can launch for success early on. Well, let's go back to that, the naming, the, the Jack Jumpers. And uh, when it got announced that a few people were a bit unsure and then all of a sudden everybody loved it because it was something new and oh, it was it. unique to Tassie. And now it's just, it's become a household name. Everybody loves what the Jack Jumpers is, what they stand for. But how did that process come about and to finally get to the Jack Jumpers? It was a, it was a pretty big process in terms of the fact that uh, it was a, a competition amongst anyone down here in the state to sort of uh, you know, pick their favourite name. And we did eliminate the, the, the five or six that have been used for other sporting teams, the, you know, the Mariners, the Devils, the Islanders. And we were left with uh, Jack Jumpers, Trident, Pride and a few others. And uh, it just stood out. And, and when you think about what we're trying to do in terms of branding and being a little bit different and um, what everybody's subsequently seen is the brand come to life. It really is unique and uh, kids and adults alike really, really have warmed to it. And I think that it also created that sort of us against them with the, the small island of the mainland as well. So a lot of people didn't know what a jack jumper was, but those who do know that they're, uh, 
they're certain fight, certainly feisty little underdogs, and uh, they have a pretty they have a pretty vicious bite. So it's sort of, uh, it is symbolic of what we want to be. So Simon, where uh, where are you at in terms of membership and uh, and people signing on to be a part of this journey from the ground up? Yeah, we've closed off the foundation memberships so at the uh, at the end of March. We'll open our formal first season memberships on June eight. Uh, so people will be able to uh, see what's available at the renovated Durban Entertainment Centre, which will be great. So they'll all go on sale on June 8. Or there's, there's something for everybody there, whether it be uh, families, children, single adults, pets. We'll, uh, we'll have something for everybody, but uh, we'll be unveiling that in the coming weeks. And what did it show you with the reception? And, and there were some pretty decent turnouts for the New Zealand Breakers down in your neck of the woods as uh, part of their long stint away from home. But they, they played some uh, games down there and, and it looked like a decent turnout from what I could see. And when you're looking at how you've got with your sign-ups and then looking at the appetite that was there to go and see them play, it must fill you with a bit of confidence that there, there is going to be um, a, a, a real... I suppose, audience for what the Tassie Jack Jumpers are going to bring? Yeah, I think there's no doubt that. I mean, the games in Launceston obviously were neutral games effectively, but uh, with the COVID restrictions, they were basically capacity every game, and uh, which which we were really buoyed by. It was great to see a lot of Jack Jumper merchandise from our foundation members and other things, but what it did show, I think, is that Tasmania's a proud basketball state, and the people vote with their feet. They come out and watch great sport, and um, you know, the first game alone was, I think, I think it was the Bryce Cotton... Uh, buzzer beater to send the game into overtime and ultimately Perth went on to win um, and, and that there was some really good quality games and people came back which was great. Now, I'm not expecting a scoop here Sammy but every time we see that Tasmanian Jack Jumpers have a media announcement coming up everyone thinks first player signing it's coming now I'm sure there's plenty of guys that put their hands up we're expecting some marquee guys eventually signed but how is all the players coming along uh, in terms of the roster and we know there's still uh, plenty of games left in the NBL, but I'm sure some guys here well have been putting their hand out throughout the season as potential jack jumpers. Yeah, look, there's certainly interest. I mean, it's a difficult time, as you guys both know, with this NBL season going on for so long, and you know, Europe's just sort of coming to an end. Japan's just come to an end, and the you know the NBA summer league is going to be later than normal at a different time of year. So there's a lot of people just waiting to see what what's happening, and um, ultimately. Uh, we're in there, we're, we're talking to a lot of player agents uh, wherever we can. We've certainly got a very strong view of what we want. But uh, one of the things that were really important to us is recruiting people with great character. Uh, and, you know, we want great basketballs, obviously, but we want great character first and foremost. Uh, it is a, you know, a humility, something that we're very proud of down here. And I think that we need to be very careful who we bring down and, and what the makeup of the team is. But there is, you know, back to your earlier point, there's certainly been. Uh, significant interest, and we're quite buoyed by that, which is great. We talk about high character. That normally starts from the top down and with yourself, which we can we clearly know your high character. And then Scott Roth, the head coach signing. And when we spoke to him on the NBL show a few months ago, we talked about his time at the Perth Wildcats and starting from a culture on its own in Tasmania. And he said he'd be a fool not to really try and emulate what Perth Wildcats, what he learned from there. Is that what you're starting to sense is where he's trying to go, is that winning culture that the Perth Wildcats have taught him to really start from a base there? Yeah, look, I think that if you're going to emulate anything, you want to try and emulate the best. And I don't think there's any doubt mm. that Wildcats have shown for the last 35 years that they're the best team in this competition, both on and off the court. So, you know, we're really, uh, really watching with a close eye what they've done and having Scott lived it and breathed it, it really gives us a bit of an advantage, I think, to try and emulate that. So 
It's certainly one that we're looking at, but we're not just looking at that. We look at other sporting codes and clubs. Uh, Scott's met with Craig Bellamy at Melbourne Storm, which is fantastic to see how they've done things. Um, and a lot of the little things, the, the 1% is really important. So we're working through that, and, and Scott's been fantastic. He's embraced it. He's out and about in the community. He's, he'll do anything. He, he, he'll go and do a clinic with four-year-olds. He'll take the Launceston Tornadoes and the NBL1 for training and, mm. and do what he can to just help grow basketball down here. So, Simon, when can we expect some player signing announcements? Yeah, I'd love to say tomorrow, but the truth of the matter <laughs> is I think, I think over the next three or four weeks you'll certainly see some movement um, with these, particularly with these international leagues finishing up. Um, we've got some interest in a few guys who are currently playing in Europe and their season's coming to an end. Um, we've got some interest in some kids coming back from the US out of college and those sort of things. So there's certainly, there's certainly some irons in the fire and I'd... I think I'd be disappointed if we hadn't made a couple of announcements between now and uh, sort of mid-June. And will you be looking to get uh, a next star as, as part of that? Certainly, certainly on consideration. I, yep. think, I, I think the concept's fantastic. I, you know, I look at what uh, young Giddy's been able to do in Adelaide and, and Lamello before him, and, and I think that not only does it give you that extra player from a flexibility point of view, but it also gives you the opportunity to promote the club worldwide mm. and, yep. and, and create extra interest. So... The short answer would be if we could find the right person, absolutely. Hey, uh, it's been great chatting to you, Simon. It sounds like things are just building beautifully for mm. your introduction to the NBL next season. We can't wait for it. Uh, I have no shame in saying that I'll wear whatever hat, jersey, <laughs> whatever you need. I'm happy to wear it and uh, and, uh, and and get right behind the Tassie Jack Jumpers. It's a wonderful thing. And um, AFL's feet dragging and, uh, and the NBL's forward movement uh, and getting right behind this uh, in, uh, initiative is only going to be to the benefit of basketball and the Tassie Jack Jumpers. So uh, what an opportunity that's uh, awaiting and we can't wait to see you involved next year. Uh, it's very exciting. We're all looking forward to it. And uh, it'll come around very quickly this coming October. So we'll be ready to go. Uh, beautifully done. Simon Brookhouse, CEO of the Tassie Jack Jumpers. Pete, that's going to be um, such a, a, a watershed landmark moment for, for the NBL, a brand-new franchise. Uh, it's been done the right way. They've taken their time. The, the build-up's been fantastic. Coach appointed. Uh, soon to have players announced. Uh, corporate sponsorship have mm. we just seen. So the spirit of Tasmania, what a great partnership that is. Love the logo. Love the name. It's... I, I, I can't think of anything they could have done better. Man, I played NBA one down at the deck uh, in Hobart, and mm. man, they get they get around it. So I'm expecting some some nice crowds there. It's going to be super fun. They're going to put a great team on paper. They're going to come in and make a splash, no doubt about it. I'm looking forward to seeing what the Jack Jumpers bring. Uh, we will take a break, come back with more NBL show on the other side of this, but just a quick check of that score between uh, the Brisbane Bullets and Melbourne United. 68-84, Melbourne United firmly on top in that game. There's uh, just about six minutes left to go in the last quarter. Chris Golding has 22 points, 18 of those from three-pointers. He shot six of ten tonight. Lamar Patterson has 19 for the Bullets. Joe Luala Chul, 14. Nathan Sobey, 16. And uh, Mitch McCarron has five assists. Uh, Chris Golding also has the four assists, though. A good all-round game by CG43. We'll go through the big performances, and there's some big news coming through about the Perth Wildcats and uh, the number one player in the game in Bryce Cotton, which we will share with you next. On the other side of this, it's the NBL Show, part of the Sporting Capital on SEN. You're listening to the NBL Show. Play NBL Fantasy for free. You could win $5,000 plus daily prizes at nbl.com.au slash fantasy. 
Uh, don't forget, you can watch The Hungry Jacks, NBL on SBS Viceland, ESPN, SBS On Demand and Twitch. All games before 7.30, they're on SBS Viceland. All games after on ESPN. All games will be streamed on the on SBS On Demand and Twitch. 73-87, 14-point lead to Melbourne United over the Brisbane Bullets in Brisbane. 343 left on the clock. And off the text, hey, guys, we've always called them jumping jacks. Why, jank, why jack jumpers? Well, jumping jacks are an exercise, uh, like star jumps, and uh, jack jumpers are the native ant. Uh, to Tasmania, hence why they've uh, gone with that name. I hope that answers your question. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Off the text. So, Pete, let's go through the round uh, as it's panned out so far. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from the round? In fact, before we do that, let's address uh, the mm. big news. We uh, alluded to that uh, before we had a chat to Simon Brookhouse from the Tassie Jack Jumpers, but there is a, a major injury update today from the biggest name in the in the game, arguably. Well, he's the MVP this year, Bryce Cotton, and he's been ruled out for the, the rest of the regular season. Uh, just had surgery to fix something. Uh, his quad, which is uh, is really devastating for the Wildcats. They were still pushing to finish top, and they still got to play Melbourne United in Perth again, but you probably can rule that out now. They played against the Sixers without him, struggled, still got a win. Um, but he's the main guy, isn't he? He's the best player in the league, and there's still some doubt that it's going to be a game-time decision, they, they reckon, come semifinals. And that has huge ramifications because – Right now, if we had finals starting tomorrow, Sammy, the team they're going to be playing against, the Phoenix, are playing some very, very good basketball. Yeah, we're going to preview that, but that is massive news. So hematoma in the quad, uh, that sounds really serious. Obviously, it is, given the time that uh, he's going to miss. So 36-game season for everybody. They've played 33. So Mm. at the very least, they'll miss him for the next three games. They are six wins ahead of Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. So you can't see them losing. No, they're locked in. They're lo- well, they're you lo- can't see them losing second position. No, they're locked into second. Locked into yep. second, that they are. So that's all fine. Mm-hmm. No drama there. But you, but but week, if it's the first round of the finals, well, then... Yeah, because it's, I know it's, a, as you said, it's a massive gap between second and third. But the way the Phoenix played over the last week, fully healthy, they're super dangerous. And right now, they'd be licking their chops thinking, if we can get one game... Over in Perth, game one without Bryce Cotton playing, they're looking at it. We're looking potentially an all Melbourne grand final, Sammy. So we mentioned that uh, last week. I reckon we said that Illawarra, this was their round yep. where they needed to make a move and make a statement and secure themselves. It was them and Brisbane that had three games in this round. Well, uh, Brisbane, unfortunately, uh, lost to the Wildcats. They, sorry, they got that win against the Wildcats, which was a big plus. They had the loss to the Bullets. Uh, sorry, they had <laughs> that's themselves. They had a loss to the Southeast Melbourne mm. Phoenix, who have won their last four, uh, as you mentioned. So a lot hinging on what happens tonight. But Illawarra have done what they need. Needed to do so, they lost to Melbourne United to start the round on Tuesday, uh, eighty-seven to one hundred and two. Uh, but the win against Cairns, which we expected, but was a, a really dominant performance. Um, I think they had a record attempt, forty-five three-pointers oh. attempted. Uh, Justin and Jessup looks like mm. he's just catching fire again at the right time uh, of the year. So they've got themselves up into fourth. So they're probably the big mover uh, of this round. They sit fourth at the moment, just a game behind Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, but just one game ahead. Uh, of the Sydney Kings, Pete, who needed to do, uh, who did what they could do um, in the win against uh, New Zealand. Mm, they split, split but, their trip. But it was the loss in the game before that mm. against New Zealand that's really uh, one that they can't really afford. No, they can't. And you talk about the Hawks, they're fourth, and both teams' destinies are kind of in their own hands. The Kings have to try and keep winning games, and the Hawks, that loss to Melbourne United, that raised all sorts of eyebrows because everyone was like, well, they're done. Uh, Sydney will come in, and then Sydney lost, and the Hawks bounced back, beat Adelaide first, then they beat Cairns. 
But the problem is that their defense still wasn't good enough for 40 minutes. When you talk about that game against Melbourne, that's their potential semifinal matchup. And you don't want to just limp into finals. You don't want to limp into no. the four being happy. Look, oh, we made it. Uh, good season. We'll go from here. You want to make some sort of competition against that semifinals. You want to go into that with a good chance to win. And Melbourne United looked all sorts of better than them in that one, in that game where they lost. But credit to him, as you said, Justinian Jessup found his form. They need him a 15 to 20 point score per game to get some big wins. Who impressed you from the round from a team point of view, but also a playing point of view? I'm going to have to say the Hawks because, of, as we said, it, it was such a big game for them to be able to do that. Uh, big round for them, sorry. And, and to be smacked around by Melbourne to bounce back. And you had to beat Adelaide and Cairns, but they did it. And Brian Gorgian called a timeout at the start of the Adelaide game, uh, five minutes in where their defense was really poor and just death stared into every single player's soul and did not say a word. They went out on the court, had an 18-0 run. Now, that is the greatest of all time. Just looking straight at you like your dad wouldn't say, look, fellas, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and they were fired up after that. And that's what you want to expect. And they're making that run. So they've got to bounce back and have a big round this week as well. Speaking of New Zealand, how great was that to see them go home for the first time? Mm. Obviously, emotional scenes to be able to see their families again, to be able to reconnect with friends and loved ones. And then to get a sellout like we did, uh, to see them get a, an eight-point win over the Kings... Uh, that was just that. That to me is one of the highlights of the year so far. The emotion that's attached with that, the sacrifice they made, and everybody in the league, pretty much from Larry Kesselman to Jeremy Laliga to, to to all and sundry. I've seen tweets, I've seen Instagram mm. posts saying we owe them a debt of gratitude, we owe them a thank you, uh, and then they returned uh, their well, they returned that thank you to back to their fans with it with a win in front of their home people. Uh, it was emotional. I mean, they interviewed Finn Delaney before the game, and uh, Casey Frank, commentator from New Zealand, was. Uh, you could just hear it in his voice how yep. excited he was. To, and Finn was – it was an emotional thing. He was just like how excited the guys were. They came out with good energy. Um, and, yeah, you just can't say enough about what the New Zealand Breakers did. There's no season if they don't do what they've done for the us this year. Uh, super grateful for that. And uh, it would be nice to see him have a shot at finals, which is disappointing. But they've still got a couple of games. And I think they're going to travel around New Zealand as well, which is even better. Uh, yeah, so they're going to be uh, in action in Christchurch at the Christchurch Arena tomorrow night against the Adelaide 36ers. So that game really doesn't have any consequence to, in the overall scheme of the season, but it certainly does to the home New Zealand basketball fans. So that'll be great, and hopefully they get a sellout there. Um, as you mentioned, we are getting towards the business end of the year. So when we look at the fact that each team is going to play 36 games, well, Perth have already played 33. So they've only got three games to go. So five games to go for United, four for South East Melbourne, Illawarra, Sydney. Uh, the Bullets have still got six games to play, which is why you can't rule them out of contention just yet for finals. Adelaide have only got three to play, which is why they won't play uh, their 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 four wins outside the mm. four. So their season uh, is done. But the Bullets still a mathematical chance when you look at what's to come in round 20, though, they've only got the one game uh, in this round, and then they finish off um, with it with a fair bit of a flurry. So they'll play a lot of games uh, to finish off the season. They've got three games in round 21. Um, they just can't drop one. No, they can't. Uh, they've got to win every single game. And again, you talk about limping into the finals. You want to win them convincingly. They had a chance to, to knock off Perth. That is a huge win for them and, and could have been a season-defining win. But yep. then to back it up, with a belt down from the Phoenix, who yeah. are in the like a similar spot. You talk about just trying to cement that final spot. Just wasn't good enough. Uh, you lose by 30 on your home floor and kind of get embarrassed. And they're going to try and really bounce back because we, at one point, what was it, two months ago, we, we started calling them contenders, the Bullets. And I mean, Vic Law's been hurt and all that, but 
They need to be able to show that consistency because they do have the right pieces, but you just can't lay eggs when you're chasing the final spot. Nathan Sobey, great story individually for him after just mm. banging down the door after the initial Boomers squad snub. He is going to be added to that squad to go over to the camp in the US uh, and push his claims for selection in the final squad of 12 to 15. Yeah, 15? I think it's 15. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that is just one of the best stories for any kid out there who's had a setback or been told you've been cut from anything. I mean, just he wouldn't even budge us when we asked him. We said, are you thinking about it? Obviously he was and just shut it all down and just worked harder than ever and rightly so got the call up, which was just tremendous for him. Um, and I love that because it just shows how hard you work and no setback was going to keep him down. And he, he's, an, he's a lock all-NBL first team by far. He's had a tremendous season. He is. Um, let me ask you this. I saw this. I follow NBL News um, hmm. on Instagram. Yep. And they threw up an interesting comparison. Ooh. Between Bryce Cotton, yep. so his regular season now is done. Mm-hmm. 23.5 points, 5.7 assists, 2.9 rebounds, 1.5 steals. MVP question mark. So it's him compared to someone else. Mm. The someone else is John Mooney. Mm. 17.7 points, 3.1 assists, 11.5 rebounds, 1.2 steals per game. Is John Mooney a smoky to be MVP this year? <sighs> I've been on the bandwagon for a little bit, but no, Bryce Cotton's got it in the bag. Because uh, you look at what makes John Mooney, John Mooney will be in the NBA next year, and but what makes him so much better than he already is great is that he's playing with Bryce Cotton, and Bryce Cotton, they had that two-man game. Point. It's a good uh, point. So he has 10 assists, Bryce Cotton, eight of them are to John Mooney. But John Mooney, is the, he could be runner-up MVP, no doubt. If we did the MVP like Brownlow after every single game, he'd probably get two votes minimum every game and three for a couple. So you're looking at potentially if it was done like a Brownlow, maybe he does sneak in and get the brown, uh, the Brownlow for the NBL. Uh, the Hooli hierarchy, please. Uh, obviously, Melbourne United, Perth Wildcats locked in, but who are the next two uh, in the Hooli hierarchy? It's, or are you are you close to maybe putting South East Melbourne into that top two bracket? They're in. They're in. Oh, I think after at full strength, no more injuries, touch wood. They now cement them in there. Those three teams, I believe, are the only three that can win the title. So have you, who, who's your one? Melbourne. Two? Phoenix now with Perth. Massive. With Bryce Cotton having that injury. Perth three? Yeah. And who's I, four? Illawarra Hawks. There we go. Mm. Hey, uh, it's been wonderful to spend another night with you. Of course, uh, tomorrow night, don't forget, uh, there's still one game to go in round 19. New Zealand Breakers, Adelaide 36ers in that game. Pete, but we'll say goodbye to you before we do a score update for Brisbane and Melbourne United, mate. Great to chat to you. See you next week, mate. Uh, NBL show. Don't forget, you can watch the Hungry Jacks NBL on SBS Viceland, ESPN, SBS On Demand and Twitch. All games before 7.30. They're on SBS Viceland. All games after, they're on ESPN. All games streamed on SBS On Demand and Twitch. Under a minute to play. Melbourne have got this one locked up. but to 12-point lead. So the Bullets worked their way back into this game. Uh, was out to 21 uh, in the last quarter. So they've done well to fight back the Brisbane Bullets, but they left their run a little bit too late. Uh, so 97 83, 30 seconds to play. Golding, 22 points. Sobey, 20. McCarron, six rebounds. Hodgson, nine. McCarron, seven assists. Kadee, five. And Golding had four assists uh, to go with his 22. And Patterson had four assists to go with his 19 points. So the NBL season, we're getting to the business end of it. And we'll keep updating you on the NBL show, which will be 9 o'clock Monday nights now uh, throughout the rest of the year until further notice.